Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. Hey guys, I'm Tom Barton, and this is a SportsGarden.com production. Guys, go check us out at SportsGarden.com, Twitter, and Facebook. You can get in touch with us at SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. And welcome to Wild Card Weekend. It's a weird Wild Card Weekend this year because, I mean, look, we don't have an Aaron Rodgers. There's no Russell Wilson. But we got a Brock Purdy and we have a Daniel Jones. So we're going to go through all of the games. We're going to give you some insight. It's a tough weekend to navigate because, depending on year to year, it really is um, a... Kind of a coin flip. Look, last year the upper seeds went five and one overall. The year before that, two and four. So it is a coin flip. We don't have the benefit of the number one seed, obviously. Now that uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City earned those, we have a lot of interesting conversations with the key position in sports, which is the quarterback. Where Miami's missing a quarterback. The questions about Brock Purdy. Can Geno Smith keep it up? What about Tom Brady? Dak Prescott's a conversation. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson's a conversation. So uh, we are we have a lot of questions to be answered. I'm going to go through all the games and kind of give you what we have uh, to talk about and how we can make a little bit of money because while it is tough to navigate. I see a lot of things that we can take away from, specifically because we have a unique situation this year where a lot of these teams, um, they've already played their teams, some of them last weekend, but recently. So we have a lot of repeat matchups, and how much do we put into a repeat matchup? We'll start off with San Francisco and Seattle. The line is sitting here. It's about 9. It went up to 10, 10 10.5 at one point. It kind of fell back to 9. I do expect on game day to get a little bit more. Look, it's tough in any spot in the NFL to lay double digits. We know that. It's just hard to lay double digits in the NFL. And now you also add into the fact that it is a division game. All of the metrics for a regular handicap are sitting there to just jump on Seattle. It's a division game. You have a rookie quarterback with less than 10 starts under his belt. His first ever playoff game for the youngster. And by the way, almost undrafted Mr. Irrelevant. And you are getting nine points. All of the elements are there, even including the good coach, right? Pete Carroll's been here before. But the reality is this, is that this is not the same Brock Purdy that would be equating to what we've seen in the past with guys making their first playoff start. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And I hear the Brady comparisons because of how Brady jumped onto the scene because of an injury and all that. 
I liken this to almost a Kurt Warner comparison. People forget it wasn't just Brady that came out of nowhere. No, when Trent Green was hurt in the preseason, all of a sudden, this fit. And that, that offense, that wild, crazy style of Mike Martz and uh, the greatest show on turf, yeah, that fit Kurt Warner. And I feel like Brock Purdy's in a similar position here, guys, right? Brock Purdy's in a position where this offense of Shanahan just fits his skill set. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't completely fit it. And let's be honest, Trey Lance didn't completely fit it. But yes, Brock Purdy does. The Niners have won 10 games in a row. Brock Purdy, yeah, he has won five of those in a row. He's looked really, really good. And over those five starts, Seattle's averaging 34 points per game. So it's not like he's a game manager here at all. San Francisco has a plus nine turnover differential because he's not making mistakes. And all of a sudden, we see George Kittle back in the fray. George Kittle, who at times has said, well, you know what, his blocking kind of hurts his receiving because he's such a good blocker, they keep him in. Well, he's got seven touchdown receptions in the last four weeks. Yeah, young quarterback, inexperienced guy, loving his tight end, not a new script. You go Christian McCaffrey, this is the biggest attribute of, of, uh, I mean, the biggest addition by far, and his biggest attribute fit with what Shanahan does, which is throw the ball out of the backfield. Since he's come to the Niners, he has 159 carries for 746 yards and two touchdowns. He also has 52 catches for 464 and four touchdowns. Again, exemplary play from positions that will help a young quarterback. The dinking, the dunking, the screen passes, the tight ends. This is what is helping him. Mike Shan- or Kyle Shannon, you look at his offense and the way that he wants to run is being directly run the correct way. But it is the Niners defense that we have to talk about. Number one overall in yards, number one overall in scoring, and second most takeaways on the season tied with the Patriots, right? You look at this team and you go, they are fantastic. And I have the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. By the way, that was taken off of the board in week 16 because he had just such a runaway win with that. A game that I gave to everybody at sportsgarden.com or a play before the year I told you he was going to win defensive MVP. San Francisco's offense is putting up 38 points. You know, in, in the last time we saw them, they are going crazy. But it's the defense that you have to be worried about. And Seattle's defense, by the way, 30th ranked against the run. So you think that Seattle's defense in this spot also is going to have some problems. You look at Geno Smith, though. Geno Smith, seven touchdown receptions. Uh, or or you, you look at Geno Smith, and he was he was leading the way. Geno Smith was looking really good. He's only got 216 passing yards. Um against the Niners, okay? So he hasn't done well, but Geno Smith has won two games in a row here, and winning two games in a row seems, oh, well, you know what? It's only two games in a row, but it's when they need it. They were almost out of the playoffs. This team was riding high for a while. Geno Smith was, you could argue, in the top five on the betting line. He was in the top five in the MVP conversation, and now he's starting to come back. Look, I think the Niners are the only play here. I don't know if they win the game uh, handedly. I don't know if they win by even double digits. I think it's really tough to lay almost double digits in a playoff game with a rookie quarterback. And it's tough in that spot, in a division game, in this spot where you know that Seattle has a good coach and they have good offensive line. They have a lot of things that you like. But the difference here is that you just can't take Seattle. You can take San Francisco or you could lay off. You know that San Fran can roll up the score on anybody, and I think the the loss of Jordan Brooks is going to hurt this Seattle team as well. No one's talking about the big middle linebacker in the middle, the best player on their defense, tore his ACL two weeks ago, and he's going to be out for the season. 
Jacksonville charges the night game. This is this is the most fun game for me. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be fantastic. And that's all we're going to hear about. Justin Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert going up and down the field. Chargers are a three-point favorite, and they should be. I get it. They shouldn't be, not because of their record or anything else. They should be because the public loves the Chargers. This line opened up at basically a pick and skyrocketed to the Chargers right away because the public loves the Chargers. I get it. They're fun uniforms. Justin Herbert's a fun name. They have a lot of things working for them. You got Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams, Eckler. Everybody loves him. And the defense has names. Derwin James and Mack, and now Bosa's coming back. The Chargers are loaded with talent. But they were loaded with talent last year, and guess what? Didn't make the playoffs. They've been loaded with talent since Justin Herbert's come here, but guess what? He's under 500, and he's terrible against the spread as a favorite, which he is in this position. A lot of that might have to do with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley couldn't find a way to not play his starters last week. Blamed it on, well, it's limited rosters. Brian Dable didn't have a problem, right? So you look at the coaching comparison, I think you have to lead in Doug Peterson. You also look at the Jaguars, and the public is just not going to back a Jaguars team that they don't believe in. They look at the Jaguars, and they go, ah, it's the Jaguars. They don't realize what this Jaguars team has become in the second half of the year. Doug Peterson has got to look at this team. He had to walk in, figure things out on the fly after the mess that Urban Meyer left. The Jaguars have won you know, five in a row. They, they've gone back here and they won six of the last seven. They beat the Titans in what was basically a playoff game. And the, oh, by the way, they've already taken on this Chargers team and beat them 38 to 10. That's no small task. They absolutely destroyed them, right? Over the course of this six out of the last seven, Trevor Lawrence has a bunch of 300-yard passing games. Travis Etienne has a couple of 100-yard rushing games. The defense is allowed 7.3 points per uh, less than they were in the beginning of the year. Everything is coming together here for Jacksonville right at the right time. L.A. has to now go on a short week, fly, fly across the country, go into, look, it's a hostile territory. Duval and that stadium, it doesn't have a lot of people in it, but when it does, it gets loud. And you have to look at the Los Angeles Chargers run defense, 27th ranked run defense, but it's yards per carry. They were on pace up until week 15 or 16. They were on pace to set the all-time record for most yards per carry. They ended the season at 5.4. Since 1960, guys, they can't stop the run at all. And now here comes Travis Etienne. Now on the positive side for the Chargers, they go up against Jacksonville's 27th ranked passing defense, which is a problem. And LA had the fifth best yards through the air, that's with Keenan Allen being hurt and Mike Williams being hurt. Mike Williams should be back for this one. And I think that it is a good game overall. It's got that feel of it. But I see everybody loading up on the Chargers, which I expected. And I just don't think that you're looking at what this Jacksonville team actually is as opposed to the perception of them. Let's go to Bills, Dolphins. Okay, now this line is skyrocketing. It opened it up at 11, went back down to 9.5, back up to 13. I've seen it at 13.5 in some spots here, all because Skylar Thompson is going to play. There was conversations, would Tua play? No, he's not going to. Would uh, Teddy Bridgewater play? Eh, it doesn't look like he's going to either. But in both of the games this year, look, three-point win and a, by for the Bills, 32-29, and a two-point win, 21-19. In a game, by the way, that the Bills absolutely dominated, but the Dolphins just seemed to play close. 
You also look at Raheem Mostert, by the way, he's going to be out for this one, so Wilson's going to come in. But Mostert's been playing really well recently, so that is another ding on this Dolphins team. The emotions of DeMar is going to be in that stadium. Orchard Park in playoff time, it doesn't matter. The emotions, the craziness, it's all going to be against the Dolphins. And then you have Skylar Thompson. We just talked about a guy making his first playoff start. Well, here you go. And he's completing 57.1% of his passes this year. That's not good. Buffalo 7-1 at home during the regular season. And Josh Allen has had his absolute way with the Miami Dolphins this year. He's averaging in two games 352 passing yards, has seven touchdowns, and no interceptions against the Dolphins. Buffalo, a very balanced team. They've rushed for more than 125 yards, passed for more than 250 on average. It's the only team in the postseason. As a matter of fact, them and the number one ranked Eagles uh, in the NFC are the only two playoff teams that are ranked in the top 10 in both offense and defense when you're talking about uh, offensive yards, passing, rushing, and defense. Yeah, that's it. So, Buffalo is completely and utterly the favorite here. They should be the favorite. We we know how much that this team can run this score up. But 13, 13 and a half points, now you're getting into dangerous territory. Once again, here we go. If you sat down a handicapper, took everything out, and you said, what is the, the one rule you don't? You don't give double digits in the NFL. Nope, nope, you don't lay double digits. No. And you certainly don't do it in a division game. And both of these games that are near double digits are both division games. Miami knows this team well. They've played close. I think it's, again, Buffalo or nothing. But I don't love the Buffalo side here. I can see Josh Allen putting up 40, or I can see this being a 2017 type of game where the defenses really step up because Miami's defense has been stepping up lately. Minnesota Giants talking about defenses not stepping up. How about Minnesota? But they're 13-4 and against the 9-7-1 Giants. And they're only laying three points at home. Now, the narrative that we've heard for much of this season has been the Minnesota Vikings are a fraudulent winning team, a fraudulent division winner. And the Giants, oh, that's the team you don't want to play in the playoffs. I mean, that's what we've heard week after week after week after week, except Minnesota keeps doing it, right? They have 11 one-score wins, but they do win those games. These two teams met already on Christmas Eve. Minnesota won 27-24. Giants hung close, but they still got the win here. Now, the Giants rested everybody and actually looked good against the Eagles in Week 18, and that's kind of the Giants' MO. They're going to play close. They're going to play tough. They're going to be right in this thing, and when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, he had 133 total yards and a touchdown in the first game. I think that they have a chance in every one of these games. Look, the Giants are 5-1 and one when Barkley gets 20 or more carries, so as long as they don't get blown out, the Giants are in it. But the Giants do have the 28th-ranked run defense, so Dalvin Cook could have a big game. The Giants are also 2-7 and seven against teams with a winning record. That speaks to, okay, they could be in games, but they're not winning those games. The Vikings have put together a formula where they know how to win these close games. They know late in the game how to win these close games. The Giants haven't figured that out. Justin Jefferson, nobody could figure him out. 12 catches, 133 yards in the first meeting. I expect a lot of Justin Jefferson— but it's going to be more about Dalvin Cook. The thing with the Vikings defense, though, that worries me is that not only that Jones has completed 71% of his passes the last two starts, Jones has 700 rushing yards on the year, but they rank 31st in scoring. They have a negative turnover differential. How do you have a negative turnover differential and you win 13 games? I think a lot of what the Vikings do are smoke and mirrors. I get it. But I think a lot of what the Giants do rely upon just playing close games, but they're not able to get over the hump in close games. And if there's somebody that had figured out the formula how to win close games, it's the Minnesota Vikings. 
Earlier in the week, I was all over the Giants. I love the Giants. I thought, plus money, here we go. I believed all the fraudulent conversations. But the more you watch tape and the more you have conversations, the more you look into this thing, the more you think, you know what? The Vikings are the better team. Can they win by four points? That's not asking a lot in a spot like this. Let's go to the night game, Cincinnati-Baltimore. This line is rising, rising, rising. It was 6.5 for a while, 7.5, 8.5, and I think it could get to double digits by the time the game goes off. It's the late game, so everyone's going to be loading up, and Cincinnati's getting all the helium against Baltimore, and for rightfully so. Look, Cincinnati has looked fantastic. They are the best against the spread team right now in the NFL on the season. Joe Burrow's been great. You look at Chase. You look at the weapons with Higgins and Mixon. It, is, it, it takes a lot to look at that team and not kind of fall in love with the offense. But it's the Ravens' defense that I want to point to. Yeah, we could talk about Lamar Jackson not being in there and what that all means because they do score only 11 points per game in the five games that he's missed. Yeah, they are not a good offense when Lamar Jackson's not in there. But I will say this. Look, J.K. Dobbins is getting healthy, and they sat him out last week, so he's going to be the main guy here. They sat down Mark Andrews last week, and they only lost 27-16. to In that game, the defense was highlighted. Yeah, Cincinnati jumped out to a big lead, but they held the Cincinnati, this Cincinnati team to a little over 250 total yards. They held the Cincinnati team to just three points in the second half, and this defense with Roquan Smith has absolutely been just a complete difference maker. Cincinnati hasn't lost since Halloween, but since Roquan Smith has come on to the Baltimore Ravens, they're averaging, allowing 12.5 points per game. That's down from 18.5 total on the year. So you can imagine just how much better they are. Cincinnati, by the way, allows less than 20 points per game during an eight-game winning streak. So it looks like two good offenses, but there are two good defenses against these offenses. Obviously, Baltimore's offense is going to be behind the eight ball here, but let's not make this Joe Burrow going to go crazy the conversation just go off here Joe Burrow put together 215 yards last week Joe Burrow has not done well in two games against the Baltimore Ravens this year I think the line's getting a little crazy I think that this this was a great spot to grab the under when it was 43 now it's down to 40 and I kind of pull off of it I think that we're going to have a better game than we anticipate but I could see Cincinnati kind of just blowing this game out remember Last week, it was an 11-point win with four turnovers from Anthony Brown. I think he's got to learn from that. J.K. Dobbins will be back. Mark Andrews will be back. I expect a better effort from Baltimore than they put together last week. Finally, the Monday night game, Tampa Bay and Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay won in week one, 19-3, but these are totally different teams, right? I mean, totally different teams. Dallas started to roll. Dallas started to look really good. People were afraid of that defense all the time, and then all of a sudden, you could start to run on Dallas. You could start to short pass on Dallas, and Dallas has completely unraveled the last two weeks. The last two weeks, Dallas has been terrible, specifically last week, where they took on Sam Howell and a back, who is, who is a really a third-string quarterback, and a backup to a backup to a backup, really a third-string running back because Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson were out of that game, and they had no answers for Sam Howell in that offense, and the offense certainly didn't have any answers either. Dak Prescott looked absolutely terrible. And we could sit back and we took a talk about Dak Prescott, and people will. He's had 11 turnovers in the past seven weeks since Thanksgiving. That is awful. But the Dallas rushing attack just has gone silent. They've only gained 75 rushing yards the last two weeks on average. That's terrible. On the other side, Tom Brady, yeah, he owns Dallas. He's 7-0, but it's a different kind of Buccaneers team. And specifically, their defense is different. We remember you could not run on the Bucs. I mean, you just could not run on this Buccaneers team. Well, they rank 15 in yards against on the rush, 17 in yards per carry. You can kind of rush. They're a middling team here. 
Brady is going to kind of be the reason why you would go out there and bet on this team. I mean, Brady's the guy. How do you bet against Tom Brady getting three points in this spot? But the Tampa Bay Bucks have scored more than 23 points once. <laughs> I mean, really, pretty much, uh, you know, since the beginning of the season, they are having massive problems scoring. And did they find a little something in Mike Evans last week against Carolina Shore? And Tom Brady still is going to be one of the top five in the league and end the season in passing yards, passing attempts. He's got five game-winning drives, which is second in the league. You always have the Tom Brady factor. Both of these teams are kind of an enigma right now. I think both of them can go on a run. They certainly have the talent to go on a run, but I just haven't seen it. The, the What Dallas put together against Washington was just an eyesore, and I'm trying not to put too much into one game, but it's hard not to. Tom Brady plus points. I don't know if I could take him, but I can't bet against Brady getting points. Not in this spot. Not at home. Not on Monday Night Football. They gave him Monday Night Football now. I it's, it's a little too much to ask me to finally close the book on Tom Brady, although it looks like Dallas is going to be trying to do that. Uh, as far as the coaching matchup there, by the way, I think both coaches are not that very good, so I don't think there's a giant advantage. It's the Brady factor. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. If you want my one play... Look, I like a lot of prop plays. I do. I, I get into the prop prop bets. I do think that you can find a couple here. I think Josh Allen has a pretty big game. I think the Joe Burrow passing number to the under is probably a good one. Uh, you look at Trevor Lawrence is going to have a good game. Justin Herbert to throw two touchdowns over the one and a half is is worth it. So there's a lot of you. By the way, George Kittle scored seven touchdowns in the last four weeks, and George Kittle scored a touchdown. I got some prop plays for you. But if you want my play, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And if the Baltimore Ravens get to plus 10, which I think there's a good chance that they could get to. I'll take the Ravens plus the 10. I know I'm going with with Brown at quarterback. Uh, not Huntley, not Jackson, but I think that their defense is good enough, and I like that the defenses play really well come playoff time. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. I've been Tom Barton. Go check us out at sportsgarden.com. Sportsgarden over on Twitter, over on Facebook. It's G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. Have a very good week, everybody. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was, like, super hot. And then I, um, dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.